Hi there, this is Alana. You're listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast. We want to welcome you to today's show and invite you to see our brand new website. We are at prayingchristianwomen.com, but everything is new and we have some great new resources there like our Praying in the New Year online prayer retreat. You can get a discount off of that if you use code 2024 and it's a great resource to help prepare you for the new year as we wrap up 2023 and welcome in all the blessings that God has in store for us for 2024. So thanks again for listening and to get this resource, you go to our new website at prayingchristianwomen.com, click the shop button and find the praying in the new year. And just as an announcement, as we are transitioning, some links that we have referenced in older episodes might be down for a bit. So we just wanted you to know that, but we are excited about our new site and would love to have you check it out. And we also hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, Happy New Year. Welcome to the very first Praying Christian Women podcast episode of 2024. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Although the last week, I, for some reason, have been writing 2024. Like, <laughs> once again, I'm ahead of myself. I thought I was I 47 know. for a year before I actually <laughs> turned 47. Now yeah. I'm I'm ahead of myself. I'm ahead of my time. I know. My son was like, I can't believe it's just a few more weeks till 2025. I'm like, wrong, wrong year, kiddo. <laughs> oh, so he and I are we're all moving, moving ahead. Yep. <laughs> well, we want to wish everybody a lovely, lovely new year. And we are going to be talking today about Anna, who gets what, like maybe two verses in the New Testament. But there's a lot we can discuss about her with prayer. So this is, this is perhaps like still in the Christmas um, vein. Uh, the timing is very appropriate because I believe that Jesus was presented in the temple on the eighth day, which I think if I'm doing my math right, would be like January 1st or January 2nd by our calendar. So <laughs> it's uh, it's appropriate from, from that side of it. And it's definitely appropriate because as women, we are here to talk about prayer. So I, like if I had to propose a Bible-based mascot for the Praying Christian Women podcast, Anna would definitely be like my top three um, contenders. Yeah. I mean, just the faithfulness. I mean, I guess we can we can start off by reading the story. Sure. Um, let's do but, that. Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah, Luke 2, 36 through 38. I believe Luke is the only passage that mentions her at all. It's also the one that goes the most in depth into the birth of Christ. So from Luke 2, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, them being Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus at the temple, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So we're going to take some time today just, yeah, talking about what we know about Anna, which isn't a ton, but um, it's for sure going to be a, a good discussion on prayer, what it means to be a praying Christian woman. So I'm really, really excited 
You know, what's interesting. So in reading about this a little bit um, in preparation for this conversation, uh-huh. there is uh, there's a a comment about how in light of the law that every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord, Mary and Joseph took an eight day old Jesus to the temple to offer a sacrifice two turtle doves for his circumcision and Mary's purification. So that kind of makes we, you know, our last episode about Christmas Carol uh-huh. <laughs> a little bit more relevant. I did not realize that two turtle doves. I mean, do you Came think for that, that yeah. <laughs> representative of, sure, of the sacrifice of it, that was yeah. made? That's very interesting to me. Well, anyway. and I heard a sermon. Um, I wouldn't have figured this out on my own, but the fact that they're turtle doves tells us a little bit about Mary and Joseph and their situation as well, because in the Old Testament, it was it was meant to be like a bigger animal that was sacrificed on the eighth day. But then a stipulation is made. And if if the parents can't afford a sheep or whatever it was meant to be, um, they can offer some turtle doves. So it also tells us, yeah, Jesus was a poor boy from a poor family. So um well, let's, um, before we get too deep diving into the specifics of Anna and what she teaches us about prayer, I have a just for fun for you. So what is the most that you laughed in all of 2023 or the hardest you laughed? Uh, okay. I don't know if I can. Is this not appropriate for the show? <laughs> okay, we can edit this if it's not appropriate. So <laughs> my daughter informed informed me that the there is a name for the loose skin on your elbow. Okay. For people who are having a hard time hearing Janie, her daughter informed her that there is a name for the loose skin on your elbow. I'm going to look it up just in case she can't spit it out. The loose skin <laughs> it is on your called elbow. A... <laughs> <laughs> it's called a weenus. W-E-E-N-U-S. I've never heard of that. Oh, Jamie is having a really hard time. I should not have asked this question. <laughs> and I, oh my gosh, even now, like, so the kids know now. But when I first uh-huh. heard this, I didn't believe them. And uh-huh. so they, you know, they're like, yeah, it really is. And so now <laughs> we, the kids know that they can totally get me to just right. melt Die laughing. <laughs> by referencing that part of their body in different oh, ways so by funny. saying, oh, hold on, I need Oh, gee, <laughs> she can't get it out. But I, I can imagine it that but is like, pretty funny. I, I need to scratch my. Yeah. Oh, poor Jamie. She is having such a hard time. Okay. okay While... That's it. I'm, I'm, that I'm is very funny. That is so very That funny. is hands down every time they get me with that. But the very first time I heard that, I, I died laughing. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was. All right bizarre anyway so my story is um we heard in last episode that i do not like the song christmas shoes because i do not like songs that are um over sappy or that are overly like just meant to make you feel sad so i heard of a song it's from like the 70s but i think it's just i think like tiktok rediscovered (laughs) this song and so it is um even worse than christmas shoes and i'm gonna give a caveat like 
just like he doesn't mind Christmas shoes. My husband doesn't mind this song. And he thinks that the kids and I are like horrible, terrible people for having the thoughts that we do about the song. But we laughed so hard that like three of us were crying at the dinner table. So the song is called Daddy's Home. Have you heard it? I don't think so. Okay. So the song starts with this woman. She's just like singing about how excited she is for Christmas and that dad's going to come home. He always comes home at five after nine because he always takes the same train. Then it's uh like beep, 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 beep comes on and it's like, this is somebody from this radio station. And I've just gotten word that the number five train coming from such a place to so-and-so has skidded on the ice. And then her kids come out and they're like, what's happening, mommy? And she sings, it's okay. It's all going to be okay. Nothing bad can happen at Christmas. And so she's singing about like, daddy's going to come home. And then a few minutes later, it goes back to beep, 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 beep. We just learned that there were no survivors on the number five train. So then her kids are like, oh, you know, daddy's gone. This is going to be so terrible. And she starts singing like, "What? what's left for me to live for? <laughs> and then the doorbell rings and it's daddy and he's home and he says, sorry, I'm late. I was getting your Christmas presents and, and the kids are happy. And that's the end of the song. <laughs> and what makes the boys and I just rack up it's like it's meant to be like a happy feel-good song and like all the people who happened to be on this train still died <laughs> you know what I mean or this bus <laughs> well where I thought you were gonna go with it is like the country music version where it's daddy's home like oh daddy's in heaven <laughs> I was like Oh no, they didn't. Okay. No, this is, but in a way, so it's almost worse because it's like, it oh, it's so happy, people. Daddy's alive, and and then they just forget about all these other people. It wasn't a train; it was a bus. Now that I remember, but we laughed wow. so hard, and I will go on oh, record my saying gosh. my husband thinks that we are horrific, terrible Worst people. People, <laughs> we thought it was hilarious. We were like three of us were crying. It was that funny to us. <laughs> Well, it, it's funny, the things that like, just strike you as funny. You know me, I get like, I laugh and I can't speak. So right. I have issues on this <laughs> podcast with, you know, when I, when something makes me laugh, We've noticed. Edit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I held it together better than usual with this one, but it, it was still awful. Like, I don't think I'm going to have to actually edit minutes at a time of me <laughs> trying to get my point across, but not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of that time where I had a hard time talking because I was moving my microphone and I I banged my weenus on my desk. (laughs) There she goes. (laughs) Oh, I got her pretty bad. (laughs) We're going to need a minute, guys. We'll we'll be back after this word from our sponsors. (laughs) After these messages, we'll be right right back. Okay. I'm good. She's good. Um, and and I will not do that again. I will uh I will refrain. Okay, let's talk about Anna. Um is there any specific place? Like what what of these few verses that we read about Anna kind of jumps out to you the most? I guess the the word prophet. Mm, the fact mm-hmm. that there was a prophet, Anna. Like I and I I remember reading somewhere that she was you know, one of the few, you know, few, if not only, I mean, 
female prophets. I mean, I know we have the mm-hmm. judges, we have the, mm-hmm. you know, prophetess, but, um, but the fact that she's a prophet is interesting. I don't know. It always surprises me in ancient literature when women are elevated in some way. And it's like, mm-hmm. just, you know, just, there must be something very unique about her and her story that she was, that she was a prophet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a really, um, I'm, I'm stumbling because I have lots and lots and lots to say <laughs> about it because <laughs> I've always, I, I'll just go ahead and say stuff. Um, I think we're to the point in the podcast now, what are we like year five or six? Like, <laughs> let's just go ahead and say what's on our minds. I have always attended churches where, um, you know, it, the, the pastor's always mailed by, you know, by by law of the church and um there are lots of biblical verses that people point to and so i i would i would say this i'm not going to say like um that that's wrong for our churches to have but i do think it is wrong if you go to a church um let's call it a complementary in church where the roles for men and women are pretty different, right? Like there are distinct roles that that men fill, distinct roles that women fill. Um, Again, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. There are biblical, like they, they set it up that way for a reason in the churches that do that. However, I do believe that a lot of those churches overlook the, the powerful spiritual role that women can play. Like, I feel like what is somehow, sometimes, um, outwardly stated and sometimes just implied is that the spiritual health of the church is the role of the men and the role of the women is always going to be in supporting that. But we do see women involved in the spiritual lives of the early church, not just in things like, um, setting the table for the potlucks or things like that. And so I believe that there is a way to attend a complimentary in church that does have distinct roles for men and women, but still allow women to be involved in the spiritual health of the church. And I think that that is probably better than the churches that leave everything spiritual up to the men. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, in in this story, it was pretty apparent, you know, she was a fixture in the temple. Um, yeah, n- never left. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had a grandmother who went to mass, she went to Catholic mass every day. Um, and for me as a Protestant, I was like, wow, that's a lot of church, you know, and at the time, uh-huh. you know, she and my grandfather retired, but, um, but here's someone who never left the temple worship night and day fasting and praying. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just wonder what that looked like. And she was not young. She was old. What did it say? She had lived with her husband. Well, she had lived with her husband and she was a widow until she was 84. So probably she's 84 in this story is the simplest reading of that. Right. And so, yeah, there's this very elderly woman in a Mm -hmm. time when I don't know that people probably lived that long because of health conditions and yeah and Mm -hmm. here she is just devoted night and day like I want to meet this woman I want to know what she was like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think what really stands out to me is she never left the temple 
but worshiped day and night. Um, I think that we can still believe in the ultimate supremacy of scripture and be like, you know, if she had to like, <laughs> it might not mean that she never set foot off of the premises, but maybe it right. does, It was, you know, yeah. maybe it does, but she's there um, all the time, kind of like your grandma. Um, I don't know. There's something about that that really stands out to me because I think about how easy it is to say something like, oh, well, I can pray from anywhere. Right. I don't feel like going out today. I'll just pray from home, which is true. We can pray from anywhere. We don't have to go to a certain place to pray. However, sometimes we make that the excuse, right? Just like the person who says, oh, well, I pray to God throughout the day and never set aside like a chunk of time to just spend with the Lord. And, and that does feel like an unbalanced prayer life. Um so yeah, I think that's what really stands out to me. She never left the temple. She's praying night and day. Um, I also really like, so coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Um, she was not a woman who had her voice silenced. She was not a woman who held back and um, she was she was willing to go out and and speak to people about what she saw. So she wasn't a recluse either. I think that some of us might picture, okay, here's this little old lady. She never leaves the temple. She's got like this back room. Nobody ever sees her, but no, she's, she's talking to everybody. Um, and, and so, yeah, that part stands out to me too. And I wonder sometimes if, if she was a prophet, if she, if it had been revealed to her that she would see the Messiah and that's why she mm -hmm. didn't leave, you know, I mean, obviously, right. She was communing with God himself, but mm -hmm. I just, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I want well, to know what she said. Go ahead. No, you. I just want to know what she said because they tell us what Simeon right. said. <laughs> right. But it just says, then she gave thanks to God and then spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit earlier in the chapter, they meet Simeon who mm -hmm. had been waiting. He was righteous. Yeah. He was devout. Um, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. And, you know, he had specifically been told that he wouldn't die before he had seen the Messiah. And, you know, mm -hmm. I wonder if she had had a similar promise, but I just wonder what, what did she say? What did she know? And what was her understanding? And how was she able to express that understanding at that time? Right. Because sometimes yeah. it's not clear mm -hmm. what people knew exactly, the extent to which they knew jesus mm -hmm. was coming for exactly yeah yeah how did she understand um how much did she figure out or how much did god tell her about this child and then a big question i have is how did people relate to her because i think mm -hmm. we have kind of two possibilities and one is okay here's this prophet that we all esteem we all hold her in high regard she is saying these things about this child we better listen to her I could also see just as likely, yeah, here's that crazy old lady who never leaves the temple. She's rambling on and on about something, you know, like uh, I think there could be two very different ways of looking at that. The, um, the, I told you there's a new Prince of Egypt um, live musical, yes. right? Oh, and that it's, sounds so neat. it's streamable now. And one thing they did with Miriam, it was very interesting is they made Miriam the sister of Moses. Like 
she was kind of treated like the crazy lady who just won't stop talking about how God's going to deliver them. And, um, you know, again, it's, it's biblical fiction. We don't know how people thought about Miriam, just like we don't know how people thought about Anna. Um, she might've been very revered. People might've taken what she said to heart. However, she might've been that crazy old lady who stays at the temple and just mutters to herself, you know? Yeah. Cause initially reading it, I, I would like to think that she was this revered woman that mm-hmm. I would just want to be like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go talk to Anna and see what yeah. she has to say about this uh-huh. problem or yeah, my life. But you're right. If she was this old woman, she could have, I mean, and, and historically the prophets were not revered. They were right. <laughs> yeah. And, mm-hmm. and looked down upon and scoffed at by many people. I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't like they were, so it could very well be that the word prophet meant that maybe she had revelations from God, but people looked at her kind of like we might mm-hmm. look at people that are, you know, preaching yeah. on sidewalks and right. Right. Yeah. We like, just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we only get these few verses yeah. about her. Um, if you were to write biblical fiction about Anna, which, which way would you go? Do you think? That's tough because my heart would want to take it in the, you know what I would do? I would combine both. I would make her uh-huh. the crazy lady that everyone that most people saw as just uh-huh. kind of this inconvenient fixture. Maybe they threw her some bread once in a while, yeah. and, you know, but I would have this whole other side of her that maybe one person or a couple of people, um, maybe children, you know, teenage girls, mm-hmm. like they, mm-hmm. they, 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 uncover that she's more than she appears and and so we get to see this window into who she truly is through the eyes of these these girls that maybe don't or Mm -hmm. this girl that maybe doesn't have the preconceived notions and has a curiosity rather than an aversion to her I really like that that's really sweet um you know you talked about how sometimes people would throw you know breadcrumbs at her it makes me wonder about the fasting was she um fasting strictly for religious discipline or you know like um it doesn't sound i mean she she might be homeless right Mm -hmm. if she's never leaving the temple like she might not have any other home which would lead me to think that maybe she doesn't have the means to to buy her own foods so maybe the fasting is equal parts necessity and spiritual practice and again this is just conjecture we don't know but uh it's interesting to think about it is and you know what's interesting i so i have our church has fasted um like for i guess it was i don't know if it was the new year i think maybe it was in january just fasting Mm -hmm. like for for 40 days beginning in january um just kind of for clarity Mm -hmm. and purpose and focus for the church and but it would be kind of neat just as a tradition to maybe between christmas and i guess it'd be very hard to do practically with all the holiday stuff (laughs) typically accompanies but like maybe between christmas and new year's to have a time of fasting you know using Mm -hmm. kind of her as um as a role model or yeah i don't know so how did your church do it for 40 days? Because obviously that's not, um, we didn't, it, yeah, it wasn't like you didn't have any food. Everyone was allowed to pick 
And of course it was voluntary, whether you even participated, but basically mm -hmm. um, they presented a Daniel fast as an option, which I did, which is basically, um, you have different versions of it, but no mm -hmm. meat, no dairy. So just mm -hmm. uh, legumes and vegetables was really, mm -hmm. I pretty much like made a huge pot of vegetable soup that I, that I, mm -hmm. ate, that I added beans to, um, mm -hmm. and I would eat that like almost all the time I had, mm -hmm. um, I, I allowed myself, I think maybe I did allow dairy. I don't remember, but anyway, it was just very, it was, there was plenty of food to eat. It was mm -hmm. more of a vegetarian mm -hmm. kind of diet with lentils. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just did, yeah, it was for 40 days and, um, we, kind of on, we had, I think, prescribed things to pray for kind of the big overarching mm -hmm. prayer was for the church for wisdom and vision. I think we were praying at that point for land, we were trying mm -hmm. to purchase land and we were praying that God mm -hmm. would make it clear where and open doors for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of things in the midst of that prayer time in the midst of that 40 days that happened that really, you know, I, I would absolutely attribute to the body of Christ fasting and praying. There were healings. There was mm -hmm. wow. open doors for, we ended up being able to buy the land, um, which mm -hmm. now the church, you know, 12 years later has, uh, has the church on, they built it's the really church. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. neat. That is neat. Yeah. I've never um, participated. The only corporate fasting I participated in, in was at the Urbana missions conference. And they give you the mm -hmm. option of the third day of the conference to, um, to fast. And then basically like it's, it's at a college campus and for anybody who doesn't redeem their meal tickets for the day, that money gets donated to like a, a food shelter or charity or something like that. Um, I think that's the only time I've participated in any type of corporate fasting that I can recall, but yeah, it sounds pretty powerful. Um, so yeah, how about, we'll just leave people with, um, a blessing to, you know, may each of us become more and more like Anna to become more uh, willing to spend our, our extra time in prayer, in worship, um, in fasting. I, I'm not a regular faster at all. <laughs> and there's, there's something to me that's like, oh, I, I guess I'm, I'm not an Anna. Right. But um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any tips for somebody who like, maybe they're interested in fasting, but they've never done it, or it sounds really, really hard, or it sounds unattainable. I would, I would first suggest maybe thinking of something other than food that, that might mm -hmm. be a trigger to pray mm -hmm. when you want to do it. So yeah. like even yeah. fasting, fasting from Facebook or, yeah. you know, um, fasting from television, fasting from the newspaper, mm -hmm. um, whatever is something, you know, like those like kinds, that. those mm -hmm. kinds of things can also be, because to me, I know that there's like a physical response when you're deprived of nutrients. Um, mm -hmm. but I don't know that, you know, for everyone, that's obviously not a good idea or not effective necessarily. I mean, there, everyone mm -hmm. has things. And to me, fasting is about having a reminder and a trigger and maybe opening time. I think in the, in the old mm -hmm. days back then, Fasting was a way to remove a lot of work that had to be yeah. done to prepare. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you mm -hmm. couldn't just go to McDonald's. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I don't know. So maybe pick something other than food and like that. use that as 
something that will free space and be Mm -hmm. a prompt when you want to do it or want to. Yeah. Well, and here's a throwaway tip for anybody looking for like a new year's resolution is sometimes it can be effective to give up something for a set amount of time. So Mm -hmm. instead of saying, I am never going to waste time on Facebook again, maybe you say, I'm going to go two weeks without Facebook or, um, you know, instead of cutting something, even if it is like a food, I'm, I'm never eating gluten again. Um, maybe it's, I'm going to go a month without this one specific, um, thing. And, and that, yeah, that can help you, especially once you start to see some of the benefits. Like I, I, I don't regularly fast from food type stuff, but I, I do do it from, um, you know, social media, or like if I get too absorbed in a a game on my smartphone, I will deliberately fast from it for a time or things like that. Um, Knowing that there's a set time to do it can help. So like, let's say I feel like, okay, I'm playing this game on my phone too much. I'm going to go a month without it as an act of obedience to the Lord. By the time that month is over, more often than not, I'm just over wanting to play it anyway, but it's easier to start by saying, okay, I'm going to give this up for a set amount of time. Um, and then you can choose to go back to it. It, for a lot of people, it's easier to stick with a resolution that has some end date to it. So, um, on that note, are you setting any resolutions for your new year? Are you a resolution setter? I go back and forth on it. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't because I anticipate if I say that it's a resolution that I'm setting myself up for failure Uh because routine and Mm -hmm. those kinds of things aren't the best. I don't know. I, I kind of almost, um, yeah, the short answer is I don't have one right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My, um, yeah, I don't, I don't have one right now, but that doesn't mean that I won't sometimes, sometimes I, I decide that I would like to have one. How about you? Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Um, often a 12 month commitment is too long for me. So sometimes I'll be like, okay, starting January 1st, I will do this for like a month or often my new year resolutions aren't um, super specific. They're like, I want to focus more this year on spending time outside, or I want to focus mm-hmm. more this year on saying yes to social um invites when I get them instead of like holing up in my home. So for me, it's more of what do I want to emphasize and focus. And it's not like twice a week, I will go meet with a friend. It's more like, okay, this is a year where I'm going to say yes to more things than I otherwise might have. You know, it's that kind of stuff. It's not um, 20 minutes a day, I will be doing this. It's more, I am going to make this more of a priority this year than it's been before. And some people choose a word for the year. And I think, you Mm -hmm. know, those kinds of things, like a theme, where Mm -hmm. when something happens, I recognize it and it helps be a litmus test of my choice. Like that I feel Mm -hmm. like is, you know, do I stay at home and do housework or do I exercise? Like, okay, well, exercise Mm -hmm. is my theme or, you know, my priority Mm -hmm. housework is my theme for the year. (laughs) So I'm not going to do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. I like that. I like the theme. So I'm going to, I'm going to think on that. Yeah. Well, and for anybody who wants this extra resource, we have our Praying in the New Year online prayer retreat. Um, It is on sale at the moment. Do you remember what our code is? I think it's, um, I actually don't remember what our code is. No, I don't have the code. We will, um, we'll throw it in. I believe it's in the episode descriptions already. I'll put, yes, but I'll put it in the show notes. We've got a code that you can use. Um, so basically check the episode description or you can go to prayingchristianwomen.com 
go to the shop and find the Praying in the New Year online prayer retreat. It's just a nice way to set aside some time to prayerfully bring in, um, invite God into your new year. And with that, let's go ahead and close with our blessing and benediction. May your love abound more and more so that God's love may be complete in you. May God himself teach you to love others. May the love of Christ compel you so that you may love others as he has loved you. May the love of God grow in you and pour out through your life. And may others rejoice when they see the love of the Savior pouring out of you. And our benediction is from Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. And hey, before you hit end, the code is 2024. So it's the praying in the new year. Use code 2024. Um, And it's, yeah, it's an online prayer retreat just designed to help you set aside time to pray in the new year. Think about what you do want to focus on um, closing out the old year. I think that's really important too. So hopefully you will take advantage of that resource we have for you. And happy new year, everybody. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.